Hey, hey, here we are again. What's up? Thank you so much for being here. This is The Venice Voice. On this episode, it will be my great pleasure to share with you a conversation I had with Brother J.D. Brother J.D. is a car builder, a musician, husband and father of two, and the host of Wrench Wars. We talk about his experiences here in Venice, uh, about his influences in the car culture, and how he considers himself really an artist in many ways. And we get into a little bit about spirituality as well. But before we begin... I just want to remind you that this podcast is for you. So if you want to be interviewed, if you want to talk about a product, or if you want to mention an upcoming event or anything at all, just shoot me an email at ron at venicevoice.com. And now, without further ado, here's Brother JD. Oh, yeah, man. We were hanging out, and then all of a sudden, bam, and then boom. What happened? You were looking for flip-flops, and then what happened? Exactly. We were looking for flip-flops, and uh, yeah, so on the way over, we were getting ready to roll, and she's like... See my flip-flops? I'm like, okay, let's take a look. And we had the iPhones out, the lights on, super flashlight. She finally found them. It was good. And then walked outside, had a little action out front of the house. So sorry I'm late for a few minutes. No, no, it's all good, I'm man. I'm here it's for all you, good. Um, just so, Just so we know, I'm yeah. here with Brother JD. Right. And uh, the lovely Lexi Del Rey joined us as well. Thank you so much for coming by, man. It's really so cool to have you here. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Dude, it's my pleasure. You know, it's... Anytime somebody wants to talk to me for whatever reason, I'm a flapper. I'll tell you some stories, whatever. <laughs> and, and you and I met, how long ago was that? It was probably two years ago. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because of that meeting. I mean, not only because we have mutual friend in Blaine. Right. And uh, I've watched your stuff and, you know, I like, I like the stuff that you do. But I'll tell you what, that day that I met you, and this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. And believe it or not, I wanted to ask you about philosophy of all things. How about that? Was I wearing my rollerblades? Is that what No, happened? you were not wearing your rollerblades, oh, but oh. you did have your little pink shorts on or oh, something. Okay. I don't know what you were trying to yeah, do. I that probably day. just took them off my blades. <laughs> I was just wearing my shorts. All right, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, so no, philosophy is cool. Philosophy. Okay. This, is, this is the reason why. Because when we met that day, you shook my hand, you looked me in the eye. And you just had this kind smile, and you said it was really nice to meet you. And then you had your family with you, and the way that you spoke to them, and just the way that you carried yourself, it felt like there was a real kindness that was coming out of you. Huh. And it feels like, I don't know, looking at you, maybe somebody would have a different opinion right. of, of, of who this cat is. <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh, you know, this is interesting to meet this guy. But then when I met you, it was like, wow, I just got a completely different vibe from you. And... Uh, it just seemed like the real kindness and serenity was coming out of you. Where, is that kind of what you're doing these days? Uh, no, or where does man, that come from, man? It's a, it's a big act, bro. I'm, I'm an actor, and uh, that's the way I roll. I don't believe that, man. I can smell bullshit from a long yeah, way I, away, Yeah, I'm man. serious bullshitter, that's for sure. You know what? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all about the positive uh, side of life. I look at it as, uh, as love, love, positive energy, all that stuff. I always look at it, you can go one or, one or two ways. You can go to the negative side and, and, and the you could call it the dark side, the evil side, whatever, or you can go into the positive, uh, love, good side. I try to stay on that side. Uh, honesty, truth, uh, love, uh, forgiveness, kindness. And then and the other side is, you know, hate and, uh, you know, uh, meanness and uh, stealing, thieving, you know, what all that stuff that I try to stay away from. Yeah, me too, man. So that's really it. It, yeah. it seems to pay dividends, you know, and it seems like that that's kind of the way you do business too. I've listened to a couple of your other recordings, your little bit of your radio show and stuff like that, and you've talked about that, how you conduct yourself with your family and, and with your business as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, where does that come from? Normally, it's, it comes from guys that have been through some hardship. Huh. So I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we're going through hardship now. You know, it's, it's, if things are tight, but, you know, hardship, you know, I, I don't necessarily look at hardship as monetary, you know. It could be many different things, many different ways. Uh, but like, for instance, like even though monetarily I don't have a bunch of cash in my pocket, I'm living in abundance, my brother, abundance, you know. And that's just because I'm living on that side of that love side of life. You know, and, and I'll tell you, I, you know, say what you will, listeners out in listener land, I'm old school, you know. Grandpa was a preacher, and that's where I stick with it. That's, that's the whole root of it, you know. Big Jesus, man, I, you know, I'll put it out there, you know, so, but people get hung up on that. I don't look at it as religion. I don't look at it as a philosophy or an ism. To me, it's love. You know, it even says in there, 
uh, God is love, you know. And if you look at everything as love, then everything is cool. So, I mean, I'll put the name out there. There you go. That's that's. So you really, were raised religious. Uh, religious I did go family. to church. I went yeah. to Baptist church. You know, got saved. You know, and all that. I was probably seven, maybe earlier. It didn't. You know, I didn't know what happened. I just said my prayer like you're supposed to say it, and didn't really feel any different. But I have a feeling from that point on, maybe I've got this special friend with me that you can't see, that kind of hangs out with me on my side, and so. Maybe when I'm 10 and I got hit by the car or, or eight or whatever, maybe that angel was like, uh, I got you, man. I got hit on a big wheel, big wheel broke in half, bumper hit my head. I rolled, you know, and the guy got me up and said, are you okay? And he was tripping. And so anyway, he took me home and I was fine. That's just like one incident, you know, that maybe, hey, you know, the angels or, you know, whatever that is, that that side of life that I completely 150 20,000 percent believe is there that you cannot see but you can feel you feel like you got angels on your shoulders well i feel like there's a, a side of life a dimension that we can't see the spiritual realm so you can call it love you can call it uh god jesus you know maybe other religions call it something else and that's totally cool my little key that's my key but if i look at it as love that really helps me uh forget about being so specific about what it is just go with love and that really kind of encompasses all that it is and so anyway to answer your question i know i've been flapping but you asked so that's no i'm glad you did you so, know it, it's interesting because <clears throat> i know i've said this before with a number of the interviews that i've done recently and that's part of the reason why i wanted to do this because i just wanted to have an opportunity to connect with more like-minded people and to be mm -hmm. honest and this sounds kind of hokey or whatnot mm -hmm. but i just hoke it man i, I kind of asked the universe or the heavens or whatever the hell it is right. something that's bigger than me that i'll never understand right right you know, exactly. like, how can you understand something this vast that's infinite in all, in all things at all times where <laughs> time is not time is not relevant where uh, a second or or, or years like a, a a breath of air, you know, so anyway, sure, you, you know, go. I mean, we're, I was talking about how I came to this particular idea of what my spirituality is, and I learned it from a guy in Los Angeles, his name is Dr. Arthur Chang, and I actually told this story on a, on a podcast recently, but he said, whatever God is, is infinite and omnipresent, which right. means it's everywhere, everywhere and endless, and how can anybody ever understand that? All we have to know is that it's there and connected to it. Yes, exactly. We are all one in and connected to that in ways we will never understand. It yes. doesn't matter. And it's better if I don't understand yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's better if we don't claim to understand it. I'm like, you can't, that's not right. You know, like, wait. it's the same thing with atheists. Yeah, you know, right, you know, right. I mean, it's like, I know for sure there's nothing. Well, how do you know for right. sure? Yeah, I mean, right. where's your proof about right. that? You right, know, right, right, right. So it's, and, it, and I believe everybody's got their journey. You know, it's like, it's an individual, uh, path. It's an individual, uh, grasping for whatever the word I'm looking for is the, you know, seeking it's an individual sure, seeking per individual. And like, so I was like, hey, look, this is the way I look at it. So, the whole Jesus thing, I believe he gave us a glimpse and like kind of a roadmap. Like, look, man, here's 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 a gate, man. You know, check it. This gate is the, the way, the truth, and the light. You know, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. And so, and there's, I'm sure there's other isms, philosophies, whatever, that encompass the same thing. So I look at it as love. If it's love, baby, and it's everywhere. We're cool. Yeah. My wife's wearing it on her shirt right now. It says love, you know, just straight love. So anyway, and then, and then with that, somehow when I was working at the dealership, some, uh, a buddy of mine was calling me, Hey brother JD, what about blah, blah, blah. And, and he'd always come up to me and go, brother JD, do you think of blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, brother JD, that's kind of a cool little moniker. So I started when I'm a bass player. So I started playing on stage. I'd always go out as brother JD and this thing kind of stuck. That's where it came from. You know, How long ago did you get that name? That was probably 15 years ago, man. Wow, man. So I do feel like everybody's brother, you know? I agree. And just, just to go back and to reiterate what I was, what I was saying earlier, I, know I kind of asked the universe to bring me like-minded people. Right. And then I ask you this question, and you basically describe the same philosophy that I have. Cool. And I don't know if that's coincidence I don't care. I don't want to figure it out, but it made me feel very warm inside hearing you describe that idea of what love means, what it means to be connected to people. You know, because without that, I don't feel like I have anything. You know, if I don't have my own 
community around me, my family around me, the people that I care about and, and a mutual respect and a care for one another. I don't know what else we, what else we're here for, you know, and, and me trying to figure out makes it really complicated. You know, if I think I, I know the answer, then it gets too complicated. You know, it it really is all about the seek. It's only about me reaching out and connecting to something bigger than me. And I'll tell you what, I, I swear this sounds hokey, but I'll tell hokey. you, I mean, <laughs> hoke it on up, man. Hoke it. Um, <laughs> it's why I want to do this. Like I said, I've been here a long time and I just keep running into like-minded people and I wanted to sit down and have conversations with people. That's kind of why I want, wanted to do this, you know? That's true. Um, and it's kind of cool that you have the opportunity to sit down here with me. Well, yeah, I tell you what, that this is the very first time that I've ever on, uh, you know, on the record, you know, I, I personally, I, I'll have discussions with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm like the car guy, the artist, whatever. Sure, sure, you know? sure. So that's what, you know, but the whole, you know, I got to tell you, Ron just coming in the room like, bam, what's your spirit? Boom. What? Hey, <laughs> are we going deep that fast? So that's fine. You know, I tell you, I think this neighborhood, this area of the world has a special magnetic pull for cats like us and, and other like mine, you know, artists, weirdos, whatever. We all, I don't know why, her and I met right on Venice Beach, you know, and... There's, there's a certain pull here. I don't know what it is. Me either, but it, th- but it's still pulling people, I'll tell you. Absolutely. Whether or not it's uh, people that are very creative in the tech world mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. artists or musicians or whatever it is, it's still pulling people, and right. I don't know why that is. I think it's just been planted here by whatever, Abikini or whoever did it. I don't know. You know, it could be uh, the meridians, you know, the longitude and latitude, magnetic Maybe. pulls of this and that, you know. Yeah. It's a certain vibe, you know, and I haven't found, we haven't been that many places. We're getting ready to explore uh but this place it, it had a real pull man so how did you guys meet you just like bumped into each other down on the boardwalk or what man if you've been here a while there used to be a place called uh hot it's called house of teriyaki yeah now this was on when it was on pacific before it moved to the bigger place it was like a brick kind of building plastic tables and chairs inside but you can get well, Scrambled now eggs. it's now it's like a like a it was a breakfast place for yes, a while. It's yeah. right there. I don't know, remember, the, but it's right up the street from the paddle tennis courts, or right from Muscle Beach. There, it's right on the corner. Yeah, right. And it used to be a little teriyaki place. Then it was a breakfast spot. Right. And now it's like this uh, burrito place. Might be high end now. Yeah, yeah it is high end. Well, now. before yeah. that, it was up kind of past, say where Westminster is. Yeah, I know on exactly Pacific, where it is. But yeah. it was a little brick front. It was just like it, no nondescript brick. Walk in there. Plastic tables and chairs. I think she even had paper plates, man. But she, you know, uh, a Korean lady, cool lady. She said, well, you know, good morning. And, and you get your uh, scrambled eggs and beans and pancakes, man. Perfect. You know, two ninety five. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is nice. Paper cups, whatever. <laughs> so I was eating in there. You asked, so I was eating in there. And uh, my girl here, she pulls up with uh, three dudes, no less. Right, and I'm sitting there with my long hair flying, man. I'm a bass player, man. It's back in the day, and she's <laughs> she's sitting there with these dudes. And I look at her, I'm like, man, these guys aren't even—they're not even treating this girl nice. I'm looking at her, I'm like, she is something. They ain't even paying attention to her like they should be, you know. I, I was expecting them to, you know, give her that golden so treatment. You walked up on her with no. the three guys or what? No, I was watching. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know if she was with. I, you know, that might have been her boy. You know, what? Are you raising your hand? What you got? Oh, she, <laughs> she's quiet. She didn't like talking on this stuff. But so, uh, so that's the first time I saw her. And I, it was probably a week later. Uh, I was on the boardwalk and I was probably having a smoothie. I might have been smoking a camel back then, man, and watching the world go by. Long hair flying. You know where uh, Sidewalk Cafe is? Absolutely. Well, there yeah. used to be. Uh, three newspaper stands right there at the bike rack and you could get your uh, your argonaut or your whatever who knows what was in there anyway la times so i was sitting on the newspaper stand and there she was she was out there going come over to mojo get your clothes at mojo she was out there barefoot you know having people you know come to the clothing store she was working the sidewalk getting the tourists to she, go was, buy wrangling. Yeah, wrangling she was wrangling wrangling hard she was wrangling my heart bro <laughs> i saw i was like dang that's that same girl again oh smokes man and uh that's that's what happened man i, I caught an eye on her and we started talking and yeah that was that was basically i asked her if she wanted to ride because she she started talking to her buddies you know she had a bunch of dude friends and I don't know if she was a gangster or a hippie or what she was back in the day, but she was cute, man. So anyway, that's what happened. So, so the rest is history. Yeah, man. That, the got, rest is history. Now I'm, you got I'm, a family. Yeah, right. Two kids and a grandbaby, man. Wow. Come on. You don't have no grandbabies. I do, man. Come She's on. Six years old already. What? <laughs> yeah, we started early. My first baby when I was twelve, dude. I mean, it was early, dude. 
I'm just kidding, Ron. Yeah, I, uh, you saw the shock look on my face. I believed you, <laughs> Ron, man. You sold that pretty good. Ron, Ron got that hiccup look like, oh, shit. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know bullshitters, but that was really good work, man. Yeah, man, I'm good at it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so I get the sense that uh, family means a oh, lot yeah. to you. Man, you know, it's, the, it's all you got. You know, you were saying relationships earlier. Here's my thing on relationships. Relationships are all we really have. You know, all these people that we come in contact with for some reason they're very very important to to a good life i believe and uh anyway but yeah family's it family's where it's at yeah and how old are your kids uh 26 and 21 wow yeah both boys girls boy and a girl yeah 26 year old daughter and uh and uh, my 21 year old boy and then raised here uh, on the west side right here in venice man wow yeah born and raised it's amazing one of my close friends his kid just got into venice high he's a freshman this year nice i mean the school that school has changed too i got a friend grace that went to there went to venice high in uh like 1980 or something and uh, it's just astonishing how the whole neighborhood has changed oh yeah and the people like rolling up in nice cars and (laughs) man the neighborhood's changed up bunch dude you know yeah. that's for sure i yeah, mean absolutely. It, can, it can still be scrappy you know but uh did you ever get any scrapes back in the day like in the hood over in ghost town or anything i'm or trying just... to think if i got any good ones i got i got them in in hollywood i got in scraps uh here pretty clean uh i was in there during the riots that was kind of a, a rough time you know uh we had uh we had gangsters on the street where you know there wasn't too many of my look in on the street at the time in like fifth and westminster so yeah. Uh, you know, you had to kind of watch out when you go out. Like I remember coming out the gate with my bike, and all the whole gang's set sitting out there. I'm like, man, they're just gonna steal my bike, man. So let me just walk back in for a second, you know, wait till they disperse, you know, because <laughs> I just wanted to go out and hit a bar somewhere or something for whatever. Yeah, that was heavy. The riots, man. That was yeah, a trip. It was I really, remember all those armored vehicles yes, parked down there. It was M-16s. like Where did those dudes come from? Yeah. I didn't know that L.A. County had an army, right. like it, and armored vehicles and whatnot. Yeah. It, it looked they had like genuine uh, uh, National Guard, you know, Hummer uh, Humvees and uh, M16s. It, it wasn't cool, man. It was a, it was a sad time. Yeah, those nineties uh, were a trip. It, yeah, I remember. You know, there was a lot of. Uh, gang stuff going on on the street at the time a girl got killed right there in front of our house that was kind of gnarly you know that's that's old venice one time we were dating we heard a guy we heard uh b of a get uh robbed they you know uh, brink's truck rolled up to it i don't know if it was the brink's. b of a right down there on we yeah, yeah. Hey, man, circle? It, it must have been three o'clock in the morning and man we heard the machine going chung, 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 chung. i mean loud like and I would have sat up like, did you hear that? And, and man, I, yeah, it was it was gnarly. I heard the dude scream, you know. It was gnarly. We we're a couple blocks away, and uh, anyway, that's old Venice. Venice. We're talking about Venice change. I'm just yeah, I, I'm old with Venice you, man. Stories. Well, me too. You know, it brings back a lot of memories. I, I mean. I hate to admit it, but I've actually had the lease on this place since 94. No kidding. Yeah, so, and it was very different back then. This oh, whole yeah. building was pretty dilapidated. The building behind here wasn't there. It was just an empty lot, and I could see the brig oh, right. from this balcony right and there. And the brig was changed. brig was cool. Dude, it was nothing but bikers out there. Yeah, Guys yeah. would be rolling out into the street throwing punches every weekend. Yeah. You know, their cops would roll out. There'd be, you know, a knife fight or whatever. The first weekend I moved in here, there was a dead body in the dumpster that weekend. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, and it's just exactly. like right up. And I was like, okay, this is where we are. Yeah, see, that, that's what my wife and I, we say a lot is like, uh, it used to be people, people didn't want to live here they were scared to live here yeah man and that's when it was kind of kind of fun because you know not fun and and because there's violence but fun because we had such an eclectic mix of people that you know we were all low buck we 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 didn't have high enders in here you know when the high end came you know it just it just changed the neighborhood a little bit where you know and, and i'm not saying anything bad about it because change is inevitable you know but when the high ender came you know, that guy or girl, they don't have the same kind of uh, economic outlook as I do. So when they roll up in the, the brand new Audi or yeah. whatever, I'm still rolling my 91 GMC. Sure. You know, it's a different <laughs> yeah. vibe. You know, I'm like, you know, what's up, Cassidy? Or what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> my buddy Johnny, who used to live down here, he finally moved out. And uh, he opened a bar up on Pico. It's uh, called Barkowski. 
on, on Pico. Cool. And check uh, it out. But uh, he used to live down here, and he's like, hey, you still living down in Venice? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, how's all the rods and tods down there, you know? Your rods and tods. <laughs> What's up, Rod? Hey, Todd, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm good, Todd. How are you? I'm going to the gym. I'm going to Erewhon to get a salad. Did you get my text? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, back in the day, I like what you said about that because it seemed like the neighborhood was on an equal playing field. Absolutely. You know, there was inequality we around here. We had all here. colors, all colors, all mixes, all races, all styles. Yeah, but we were all like the same. And, and the we, streets were the, yeah. it was just, it was the great equalizer. Yeah, and it was, and everybody, we all tolerated each other. No problem. Yeah, and even the gangs, I was talking about this earlier, they, they only had beef with each other, you right, know? Right. It's not like that they went around looking Mm-mm. to terrorize other people. Right, I mean, exactly. if you just happen to be in the wrong place at the You're wrong right. time, You might get okay. your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. don't walk around that corner without right. your eyes open. Right, right. You know what and I mean? And if you're in the neighborhood long enough, you know half of them and we're like, hey, what's up? What's up, Smiley? Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Or whatever, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I remember yeah. when cell phones first came out. I mean, on Sundays, I mean, living here, the guys would all come out of Ghost Town and they would all walk down to the boardwalk on Sunday to do their business or like post up on the bleachers by the paddle tennis courts or whatever. And this guy, I'll never forget it, man. He had, he was like full on, I don't know, I guess he was a gangster, but he had gold on and everything and furs and he had his woman with him and they're just like strutting through the hood and he had a pink prince's phone that was hooked up to a cell phone Tight. like one of those old bricks yeah you know, those big brick cell phones and it was a pink prince's phone and he was just like dialing for dollars or something out there you know just taking orders and i just never forget it because it was like no joke and it didn't seem like they were hassled by the police that much either right, man. Right. they kind of just ran this neighborhood he was, was dialing and styling at the same time dude. he was absolutely man <laughs> yeah it was crazy time do you remember uh and all the, all like the graffiti pit. And, sure. And, uh, remember that lady used to live in there? Did you ever see that lady? There was a lady used to live in there. She, yeah, she was a, she, you know, people that have been around here forever, they got names for it. You know, I can't claim this place as born and raised. You know, I came here when I was a young guy, but, uh, it's changed quite a bit, but there's there's a there's a lot of history here, man. A lot of history. It really is. But yeah, it was it was an equal playing field. A lot of a lot of flavor. A lot of actors, starving actors, artists. Uh, you know, all of us. We had a duplex. Uh, we we're musicians, you know, and that's where we wanted to live. We wanted to live in Venice instead of Hollywood. Hollywood was scrappy. We could afford there. We could also afford Venice. And uh, anyway, yeah, Venice. But I still love the town, even though it's kind of it's different. I still love it. It's and still got the vibe, man. <clears throat> it still does. It's it's kind of been whitewashed a little bit. It, Super it's, whitewashed. Some of it has been sucked out, but there's still little enclaves of it. And it has, it has just changed, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way about change. It's kind of inevitable. It's what we're all destined to do. It's the one thing that's kind of constant in life is that we all grow. Shit grows, man. That's it. I mean, but it does feel like things have changed very rapidly around here like in in like in a huge way because it was venice was pretty stable and and the same for a long time and then wham it just shot out like a rocket and and it was like the tech people moved in and it really really changed the flavor of the neighborhood and there's a lot of like old timers around here that i've known for a long time that are kind of still kicking and screaming about it and shaking their fist at the sky saying why did this happen and who are these kids and you know there's all these like dot-com kids with their big fancy cars doing donuts out in the street and stuff and like tearing up and down the neighborhood and it just feels like there's a lot of entitlement around here it's all about respect you know i think the i think old timers it's just tough to see a lack of respect you know me and my lady will walk down the sidewalk you know and a couple youngsters we don't i don't know if it's millennial or if it's if it's tech tech they do or whatever but (laughs) tech pros when the the dude doesn't move out the way you know like you know as just common courtesy you know respect you know yeah it's Uh, that entitlement thing man and we're it just seems like with technology now and people on their phones and just always being connected it just doesn't seem like there's an awareness around around them anymore it's just right here it's just right here right close that's the only thing that's in my radar you know it's me and that's what I was so impressed when I, when I shook your hand that day because I was immediately included into your world. You huh. know? It was just, it felt good. Um, and that's kind of what I've been trying to do more and more over the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, what's just, your deal, man? You, you, so you talked to me about my deal. So, so how'd you come upon this? And, and this, is this your main subject matter? You're like, I'm going to go into 
philosophical Venice land with all, <laughs> all of my uh, no man um, every single person that I've spoke to kind of has a different thing uh, you know I've, I've talked to tech people I've talked to artists and my, my friend right behind me Tom he, he's uh, he's been an artist here for a very long time and you know there's musicians and and I've talked to I have some friends that have just moved into the neighborhood you know and there's a guy who was on my show that's a, a brand new guy here right. and his wife opened this uh, clothing line um, show me your moo. They have a store on Abbott Kinney, right? And they're just new Venice people. Right. And so I just wanted to sort of capture as much of the neighborhood as I could and also honor the history of the place. Cool. You know, cool. maybe maybe some of the new folks around here could fully understand why it, this place is what it is. Right. And right. and maybe have an appreciation for it and maybe not try to whitewash it so much. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe just kind of maybe add to the community rather than then take it away, right. you know? I, I don't know. Um, there's, but yeah, there's, there's a deep history, man. You know, like my neighbors, uh, I think they, they grew up here, but their their parents grew up here. They're still in the same house, they, you know, and they were here when the trolley used to go up and down, you know, yeah, on Venice Boulevard. Sure. And so he brought me over a book. He's like, check it out, JD. And I was like, whoa, you know, and, and I'd never seen that before. Yeah, no, not many people realize that Venice Boulevard is – North and South Venice Boulevard because there was a train track in the middle of the road right. that went all the way downtown. And there was a train station right here and then there was little trolley cars that went yeah. around here. And that little station is still down there on Market Street. It's now like apartments. Right. But the original station is still there by that big brick building. That's right? a trip. Yeah. It's still there. Um, so the, the history still lives. It's just that people don't really understand it, you know? And they were, they were saying that, uh, and I don't know if this is all true, but... It, you know, so Abbott Kinney comes along. He's like, hey, we're going to make uh, a carnival by the sea. We'll, you know, model it after Venice, b- built the canals. And there was, it was a bunch of attractions. But I think uh, like early Hollywood, they would have like a little bungalow out here, like a little beach pad, you know, or, and they might live uh, down in like Hancock Park area, like on Wilshire or something or up around Hollywood. I mean, that's the way I get it. So there was these little houses. Yeah, it was little vacation spots, yeah, basically. Right. And people would take a vacation from five miles away right you know right come down to the beach <laughs> yeah exactly because there was nothing from from here to sunset boulevard when this place was here it was just all marshland and right. then the train came down venice boulevard and brought people down here right 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 know? and so i don't know it's been here a long time it's 100 years old plus yeah yeah you know? and it's, it's what's it's, other another thing cool about venice if you go down the alleys and you see those little garages in the back those are carriage houses where the carriages were parked. You know, in our alley, we've still got a few of them back there. It's kind of cool. Our house that we're, we're in, 1911, you know, and I, and I just think sometimes this thing's over 100 years old. What a cool place. What has this little house seen? You know, what has it seen? We know that it's grown up a few families in there. But uh, anyway, Venice, I dig this town, man. You know the thing good about it? Ocean Breeze, you know, we're a few blocks from the beach. Uh LAX is close by. Hop yeah. on that jet plane. Sure. You know, we're very, very blessed to live here for sure. Me too. Um, uh, yeah, I feel the same way, man. You know, even though it's changed, you know, change is inevitable. I'm not crying. I would never cry. No way. I'm thankful to live here. Now, we are looking forward to rolling. We're going we're, uh, we're gonna to pack up a travel trailer. We're going to rent out the house. And away we go. A year. I'm hitting the States. I want to see what's out there. Really? Yes, sir. You're just going to go... Uh, Go vagabond out there and just yep. go roll around the United States and see what's up. We're going to film. You know, we've got the TV show out right now, so we're going to film. You know, we're going to create a couple other shows. Maybe create some awareness for the show and uh, maybe hit some car shows and Promotion, stuff like that. Promotion, we call it. That's right. Car <laughs> Promotion. Shows. That's just it. Straight out. We're some... promote. I'm going to shake hands. You know, I want to get out there and see other builders and cars and bikes. and, and But I really want to see, I call it Cool America. I want to see some Cool America. I want to see Johnny Jenkins, you know, fishing pond in the back of his house where he has these, you know, huge fish, you know, that's fun to go out there with a little bobber and some, uh, you it's, know. It's going to be great, man. I was just in North Carolina. A buddy of mine got married out there. We were up in the Blue Ridge Mountains nice. and whatnot. And it was just these little tiny towns yeah. and these beautiful little lakes with little houses right next to them. And we stayed in this bed and breakfast that was right next to this little lake in a tiny little town. It was called Lake Junaluska. Huh. And we'd be sitting out on the porch just hanging out on a beautiful night, fireflies floating yeah, around, exactly. and every single person that came by that house said, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, exactly. Evening. 
Yeah. Every single person. It freaked me out at first. I was like, yeah. why are you talking to me? You know, yeah. we go for a walk at night. Every person you passed. Hi. Good evening. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah. We could be on the sidewalk here, roll right on by. <laughs> and no, you know, nothing. No, dude's thinking about a text message you we're, just we're got. We're jamming. You know, we went to uh, West Virginia one time, uh, kids and a wife. And we we're sitting out on the back porch, grandpa's house. You remember this. And the neighbor comes up and she's like, here you go, honey. And we're like, what's that? And she's like, well, I just made all this pasta for you. You know, we're like, no. what? I mean, a big old pot of pasta. And, and I mean, that's for us. Oh, yeah. But she made it for us because we're visiting. And here's some big old bunch of grubs. Say that's what? great, man. And we're like, dang. And they all looked at me like, what'd she do that for? I'm like, hey, that's called, uh, what do they call it? Not neighborly, but uh, hospitality. Absolutely. You know, just being cool, neighborly and so you're going to take a bike with you? You're going to take a bobber with you like in a trailer so you, you know, can take I, some rides? Or I what? thought about it. The bike I have is all apart right now, so I'm not going to take one. It's going to be pretty bare bones. You know, the rig I have is a, a 1962 Chevy C30 nice. uh, panel truck. It's a, an ex-ambulance. And so <clears throat> we're going to carry uh, production equipment uh, and tools and a welder and so I can fix stuff if I need to. But this thing's old, man. And we're going to roll, and we're going to have a travel trailer on the back of it. We're going to roll into car shows. Maybe I drop the trailer off. We hit the car show with the truck, sell some T-shirts, shake some hands. And then we're going to have people come back to the trailer, little powwow, little get-together, little food, little uh, you know discussion and some filming and some jamming. We're going to jam. We're going to play some music. You that know, sounds awesome, I'm man. taking the bass and the rig. And so you know, if I meet you know Hector's got a fiddle and Billy Bob's got a banjo, bring it. Here, we're going to have a jam tonight. You know, I like it. You know, that's that's the plan. So we're going to film all that and get down with it. I like it, man. You're uh, a musician yeah. and car builder yeah. um, and kind of a comedian well, in a way. You I think, think you got, so? Yeah, tight, a little bit. Man, tight. I always wanted to try that, man. I, I, I think you should. I think I'm pretty funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> See? My, my brother would call me and say, you funny looking. What do you yeah, mean exactly. you're funny? You funny, funny smelling, man. But yeah, I, uh, I'd like to try it sometime. I've well, talked about it. You seem to me like you still, you, know, you kind of got the soul of an artist in a way, man. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a full-on artist. I didn't really realize I was an artist until uh, later on in life. But everything I've done since I was a kid has all about uh, been about expression. And so... You know, whether it be cars and bikes or, or, or you know, even or music, bass playing, or even the, the words you choose when you speak. Yeah. You know, it's all expression. So I have a feeling that everybody's got these certain things that they've been given, certain talents, certain, you know, maybe your talent is, the, you know, communication or, or counseling or whatever. Or maybe you make shoes. I don't know. You know, but I'm saying everybody's got some things. And I think that as pieces of nature like a tree or a blade of grass maybe we're supposed to become what we've been given you know so i keep pursuing whatever this inner drive is so just like you had this feeling like you were inspired in your mind to have like-minded individuals come here and talk on the mic well i'm inspired to create content you know maybe it's a bike or a car at the time and maybe i'll move on from that and i want to do such and such now I want to explore. Maybe I want to make a record next, you know, so it all depends on what comes in and what I want to do. But yeah, it's all art. You know, me too, man. And I feel like I kind of have a responsibility to keep doing that. You know, I, I think, like you said, we've been given these gifts and I'm sort of drawn to those different forms of expression. I mean, I mean, you're sitting here in my, my place. I, you know, I, I do all kinds of things. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. Is yeah. this you here? Um, well, actually, that's the backdrop for a play I produced. Nice. Yeah. See, I, a play you produced, that's... That's expression, man. For sure. I'm also an actor, too. I do a lot of work over at the Pacific Resident Theater yeah. over there on Venice Boulevard. Been there, man. And I'm a photographer, and I like act and all kinds of stuff, man. I've done stand-up before. I've done improv. I mean, cool. I just have a lot of things. Nice. You know? Um, I did, <laughs> and uh, I have to continue to do that stuff, or I don't feel like I'm a, a whole person. You'd probably you know? get sick, man, if you didn't. I know I do. You'd Spiritually to, sick, for sure. And you'd start to deteriorate a little bit. Like, your body's like, hey, man, something you need to get out there. What, what's the difference between improv and, uh, and the comedy? Well, a stand-up comedian <clears throat> usually has jokes that they've prepared. Mm -hmm. Like, they have material ready to go. They've got jokes. They've got a list of things that they're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. They've probably rehearsed it. You know, or if it's like an open mic, they're going to like, okay, I'm going to tell this joke and see how it plays. Right. Now, improv is a completely different thing. Improv is when 
you take a suggestion from the audience, for example. Maybe you have two people up there. My friend Allison does a show, or used to do a show over here at Westside Comedy on the promenade called Date Night. And it would just be her and one other person on a stage, and she would take a suggestion from an audience of a place. Sweet. And the people would tell them a place that fit on that stage, like a laundromat or a store or whatever it was. And then those two people would have to create a scene. Tight. Based on that suggestion. That's good. It's complete improv. So, and have to make it real. Yeah. And they called it date night. So it was always like a blind date or a husband and wife that had been together for a long time that hadn't been out on a date in a long time. I mean, I could come up with a million different situations for that, but to make something like that real and immediately start. So somebody would say like laundromat, okay, honey, um, you know what? I forgot the change. Did you bring any quarters? Right. Wait, wait, you didn't bring the quarters? Well, why not? We, we, were, we, we agreed you were going to bring the quarters. And so it would just start a conversation like that. Right, right. You know, in a lot of ways, that's how actors create like characters. That. You know, um, a lot of times when we do plays and things like that, I'll often improv scenes based on the play. Like the playwright gives you a certain set of parameters. Like right. you're this age, you're that age. A structure. We're yeah. in this city, we're in this place. Okay, let's just play the scene. Nice. We know where it goes. Let's just play it. So that's what improv is as compared to like a stand-up comedian like, you know, anybody that you might see, like a George Carlin, Steve Martin, or any of these new guys out there. So I just love that stuff, man. I love being on stage. And and, and in a way, (laughs) this is a little insight into my little personality. Um, And this is another reason why I wanted to do this, because I don't really feel comfortable being me. You know, I've I've, I've always had this aversion to being just Ron right here, right now. Right. And, and like opening myself up to people. Interesting. I've always like hidden behind a character uh-huh. or a performance or a camera or, or something that I could like, this is why I'm here. Like at a party or something, I would always be the guy who was cooking the food or right. cleaning something up. So I would have something to do. Oh, that's that guy. I'm not just Ron having a conversation with you. Um, so that's another reason why I wanted to do this, because rarely as people now do we get to sit and have conversations with people. I mean, remember the last time Absolutely. I had a conversation for an hour with anybody? Right, right. You know? That's very interesting about that that uh, that aspect, because on my end, I can only, I'm only comfortable doing me. And if I when I tried to do an, an acting thing, I, I took when I was in college, I took an acting course. Sure. And they gave me the script, and it was some dude, and I was like... Man, <laughs> that was the name on it. Some yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It was it was some <laughs> some acting part. I can't even remember what it was. But I was like, man, I would never say it like that. Well, of course, dummy. You're supposed to not be. You're supposed to be that dude. And and I was terrible. I'd say, I believe it's time to get my haircut now. You know, or what? I think it had something to do with a haircut. Sitting and I can't remember what it was. But man, I was I was terrible. And and that, that was it, man. I, I, I see now the it. great the great asset that you have yeah. is the comfortability that you have being you. And yeah. I think that that plays on camera. You know, I mean, we just what you see is what you get with Brother JD. When the words come out of his mouth, there's a truth that resonates through the air. Like that day when I met you, yeah, the right. air changes in the room. Like you can feel the molecules change, hey, man. man. There's truth, That's and it fact. feels like truth. That's fact. That's there's just no fact. joke. No joke about it. And if you know, I consider myself maybe a little empathic or at least open to energy or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know? But, uh, you know, I I like having these conversations with people just sitting around being, because this microphone at least gives me that ability. I I don't do it well on my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes I do. Like if I go, I'm one of those like introvert, extrovert types. Like I like big open I like parties and whatnot, but I'll only talk to one person. Uh Uh-huh. Or I'll stand on the side. You know, I'll stand on the side and be like, yeah. This is cool, but I got about an hour. I got about an hour before I get uncomfortable, and I got to get. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I get you, man. <laughs> Sometimes a couple beers help out with that. Yeah, you know? yeah, you sure. I mean? But I get it. Yeah, back in the day, it would be like a big fatty and a few beers and then a Jack and Coke or whatever yes, else came Yes, sir. Next. Back in the day. Same here. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, not so much. Yeah, man. yeah. Me either. I'm casual. I like the clear-headed way, man. It's just kind of fun. You me know? too. I mean, I'm not me I, I'm not a uh, teetotaler or a sober or whatever, but, you know, I, I kind of like the the uh, straight edge, you know. I like yeah. to try to stay in shape. I think this area too 
is good for uh, health and fitness. Yeah, I'm getting into a lot of those t- conversations too with people. You know, it's good, man. You it's know? big. You know, ever since to, the 70s. Yeah, we try to stay off the smokes. You know, no more camels. You know, maybe not as much liquor. You know, maybe uh, you know, get in the gym a little bit. You know, yeah. whatever. Just trying to trying to keep that age off, bro. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? We start, we start to get a little older, and we're like, oh man, we better get in shape. Hey, I want to tell you one thing before I forget because yeah, yeah. you mentioned the whole. Uh, positive vibration the, the thing right if if you think about it when you see somebody come in the room just for instance somebody coming kind of a dark figure you know kind of you know scowling not not very happy you know you could tell they're in that place right now whatever they might have that maybe they had a terrible day or maybe that's their personality or whatever and you got the other you know bright happy comes in hey what's up you know that's and and you know so there's an energy to both those things right so I forget where I saw it, and it's going to sound weird. I saw it, or I heard about it, or whatever. But if you take a, a rock, a, a washer, something heavy, doesn't matter, and put it on a string, right? And you put it in front of you. You just hold up the string in front of you, and you talk to that rock, and you say positive things, love, blah, blah, you know, all those goodness, you know, you know happiness. The rock will start swinging back and forth, like, out outward and back towards you now if you start saying negative things like hate and evil and i hate you and uh, man that thing will start swinging sideways in front of you and it's like a shield around it's like a it's like a negative force and i've tried it and i've done it and i because i didn't I, I had to check it my wife's like dude you shouldn't tell people that i'm just saying man <laughs> you know it's like when you talk to uh well, uh, whatever it's energy, man. I'm 100 percent with you. You know, it's like your heartbeat. What's making your heartbeat right now? There's some energy in there. You know, is there a battery pack on me? I don't think so. But my heart is continuing to do its thing, and I'm getting these impulses, pulses through my blood, and blah blah. So, all I'm saying is, auras, energies, whatever, man. That you know, if somebody says there's no you know, other dimension. Well, okay, that's cool with me, but I think there might be, you know what I'm saying? Well, the the people that say that they know for sure, yeah, I'm skeptical of. Yeah, right. Because how can you possibly know that for sure? There is quantifiable evidence of phenomenon like you described. Right, I would think. There is. I mean, I haven't studied deep into it. I just have Well, uh, two other people have told similar stories that I've interviewed so far. There was the, I don't know if you heard the first woman on the first episode, her name's Casey, but she talked about the same type of thing where there's an apple experiment and they sliced an apple and they put some in some glasses over here and some in some glasses over there and they took negative to that one and that apple rotted much faster than the other apple. Right, right, right. You know, if you talk to plants in a positive way they tend to grow much better if you treat them nicely if you stroke them if i mean if you if you ignore it if you if you're angry then the plant doesn't grow as as well there's endless examples of this same with uh water and and into ice you know they say uh you know there's different you know snowflakes are all different well ice forms differently in different situations you know same thing you know the the energy that surrounds it you know it's like uh anyway it goes on we, and on, we, could, we could talk about that for a while yeah I, I don't want to <laughs> freak people out with my uh you know tree hugging hippie <laughs> you know I'm i just, thought i liked that brother jd dude but now yeah, he's that, all mysticism he's, and shit. he's weird man yeah. <laughs> no i am weird i don't care it's all good i'll I tell you the truth as i know it this is the truth as i know it yeah man and it's hey, experiential. Man. That's what I was we were talking about with God and that type of thing. Right. It's experiential. It's yeah, a man. very, very personal experience Absolutely. for each of us. Absolutely. That is it. The only truth is the one that we have and and you know, there are sometimes like minded people come in, but all we can have is our truth, man. Right. And I, I wouldn't push my business on anybody. Exactly. But I will tell you that it works for me. So if you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. Give see it what a happens. shot. <laughs> you know, see what happens, you know, because well, it works. I gotta ask you a little bit about the car culture because oh, yeah. there's so many different cultures here in Venice. We got right. the rock and roll thing we got the skate thing right we got surf culture we got fitness culture but right, we also right. have this very ingrained like do-it-yourself car builder motorcycle guys my buddy chris here that owns these properties here he also owns venice choppers there on lincoln good dude um i don't i'm surprised you guys venice have choppers on lincoln you're talking about like uh uh not Deus, Deus, not Deus, no. Up the street on the right hand side, um, just past the McDonald's, my buddy Bartell side or the other side? On the Bartell side, okay. and it's it's like it's a nondescript building. There's no sign, uh-huh, uh-huh. but he builds like he's into the Japanese stuff. Uh-huh, he okay. likes to get the old Hondas and whatnot. Turns them into bobbers and like cafe racers and things Got like it. that. That's his thing. Okay, um, 
But there's this ingrained culture around here yeah. about you know making cars, making bikes, customizing them, that type of thing. And it's, it's just another one of those things that has been influencing the rest of the world. It's like West Coast car culture. You know, I mean, you, you talk about like hood rats and, and, and rat rods and things like that. And for the layman, tell me what you think like a rat rod is or what that style is. Well, I'll tell you, Ron. It's you like tell this. me. See, it's like uh, Southern California, first of all, is the mecca of car culture, custom car culture, hot rod and all of it. Guys that came back from the war, as as I know it, the history of the guys that came back from the war, they would, uh, even actually before, when, uh, when they come back from the war, mechanics, they'd uh, get an old jalopy, a couple hundred bucks, 50 bucks, whatever, tear the fenders off of it to make it as light as possible, put a new flathead V8 in it instead of the, uh, four banger that maybe was in it before, whatever they had, souped them up. Hot rods were born. Well, they were going for speed. Then, then they were racing on the salt lakes and setting speed records and stuff. So they had an official time. Anyway, that was all right here in Southern California. Uh, then customizers started fooling with stuff like, hey, man, I want to put a different grill in my 55 Chevy. I'm going to try a grill out of a Buick. It'll make it look different. I'm going to shave the door handles. You know, I'm going to cut the top down, you know, chop top. Anyway, that was all right here in SoCal. So East L.A., uh, especially in West Side, too, but East L.A., you know, heavy into it, you know, uh, Maywood or Linwood, whatever, those areas that you don't hear of too often, but big in the custom scene of building cool movie cars, you know, the 60s, the Monsters, uh, you know, uh, the Batmobile, uh, those you know, Beverly Hillbillies, I think what George Barris and uh, what was that other cat's name? Uh, Max Bear? No, uh, no. George no. Barris and there's another guy. Uh, it's slipping my mind right now, but Gene Winfield was big back then. Anyway, on and on. So the custom car culture, hot rods, doing things differently. Edelbrock, Edelbrock, you know, performance right here, you know, to let's go faster. I can build a better manifold. Now, this is history is on the top of my head as it's coming out. So sure, sure, I'm sure. no aficionado. I'm just yeah, telling you. It reminds me also of like the, the origins of NASCAR, the old moonshiners and right. those guys. They were just exactly. going for speed. And that's the Carolinas yeah, as far yeah, as, you exactly. know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, so right here, people are cutting and chopping. You go to some dude's garage and, Benny, what are you working on, man? Well, man, I'm trying this new thing. And next thing you know, man, I'm going to try that too. Pinstriping. Here's, uh, you know, Von Dutch. Von Dutch comes across and... He's doing, uh, somebody did some lead work on the car. Well, it looked a little bad. So they're like, hey, man, can you do something with that? So he took his brush out, and he started making these lines around this lead work to kind of disguise it. Well, next thing you know, people are like, dude, I want that on my hood, man. Can you do that? Well, sure. As far as I know, that's how it happened. But that's interesting. And he was pulling lines at a dealership. They'd pay him, I think, you know, five bucks a car to pinstripe, you know, straight lines down the side of it and stuff. And anyway... I had no idea that that was where Von Dutch came from. I just thought it was a really bad T-shirt. No, dude. Von, see, they, they even said Von Dutch, man, when that came out, they said, man, Von Dutch would be turning over in his grave if he saw that. Von Dutch, as far as I know, like I say, no. Could fit. be wrong. Not an expert on this. Well, yeah. I'm no, I'm no, uh, you know, I'm no historian. But as far as I know, <clears throat> he was a mechanical, artistic kind of uh, genius cat. Liked to drink. But he'd pull lines with a brush. Uh, he was using crappy brushes until another guy showed him hey man try this stop brush and it really blew his mind anyway but uh pulling lines but he also i think he made his own gun you know i mean he would mechanically he was a german cat i guess and he was uh into that kind of thing but very smart guy anyhow back to the uh, question at hand was car culture here in socal venice area i think it's all socal venice has this thing but uh hot rods to me is a uh, a chopped down car, traditional hot rods, got no fenders on it. It's built for speed. Then you got the other side of things, custom cars, where custom cars are usually bigger bodied. They don't care so much about speed as they do for style. And so you drop it. You know, it, it can have white walls on it, shaved door handles, chop top, different grill, different tail lights. Anything you can do that's custom, make it your own. That's custom. And so, how did you get into it? It, it I have a. I'm gonna make a guess here that you started working on cars out of necessity, or was it also something that you were just drawn to? Again, man, full artistic expression. Yeah. So, so back in the day, I was a kid. I just told somebody else this, uh, and started out with uh, bikes, bicycles. I I take a bike. Always, as soon as I got a bike, for whatever reason, I had to have the emblems off of it. I didn't want any emblems, and I didn't want any fenders, and I didn't want a chain guard on. I didn't want it. I wanted to strip down. 
And that's to this day, my motorcycle's the same way. No fenders stripped down, no emblems, just black. Well, I don't know why I like stuff like that. I just do. And it's it's in me, just like it is to you do that radio thing. Just It's a pull, like, hey, man, you got to go do this. All right, I'm going to do it. So I just do it. Um, so I started out with bicycles, and then the car came along. Well, the car, I couldn't leave it alone. I had to paint it. I had to put different wheels on it. I wanted a special scoop. Grill had to be changed. Just it's just what I saw. This is what I wanted to roll in. I couldn't let it be the same. So that's how it started. So that's it's like your canvas. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. Same with the bikes, uh, bikes, cars, trucks, all of them. They're just canvases. So I, like today, I was looking at one. I saw one. I'm like, man, that's a good deal. I can make that thing killer. You know, <laughs> don't have the bread for it right now. But I was thinking, how can I get the bread for that? Because you know, whatever. I'm telling you, it was a two thousand dollar, nineteen fifty five Packard. All right, I saw it. That's full patina, all 100% there. It's right now, it's on Craigslist, man. I still think about that car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have no room for it. I've got no time for it anyway. But uh, I understand. I mean, if I picked up everything that I wanted, exactly. I mean, just to like play with it, I, I have a camera thing. You know, it's like I cool. love old cameras. I love Polaroids. Nice. I love old film cameras. I love lenses. I That's love all tight. that stuff, you know. And right. I, I could spend every dime I have on that because it's fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And it's also the mechanical aspect of it. And some of the older film cameras have that that very simple, very solid construction, and you want to be able to see it. A lot of the new cameras today, it's all encased in plastic. It's kind of like a car. You know, everything is like folded away. You open up an engine and it looks like a suitcase. Right. It's not, you can't see everything in there. Uh, I got a buddy that makes watches. His name is uh, Josh Ogle. He does these watches. And I I did a uh, photo shoot for him. And on the back, and it, it looks like just a chunk of metal. Huh. It's gorgeous stuff, man. I'll show you a picture afterwards. But if you flip it over, you can see everything inside. Oh, that's cool. And he made he made absolutely everything in that watch. Awesome. That's his, that's in craftsman. His backyard. Craftsman. Yeah, and he it, it, that's his art. You know what I mean? So I get the sense that that's the same type of thing with you. you know? Somewhat. I mean, he's more of a craftsman. Like yeah. same Von Dutch. He was a craftsman. You know, right, making right. your own gun. That's a craftsman. Um, I consider myself kind of a hack. You know, I'll make something. You know, like like for instance, I have forty six Ford pickup truck. It was missing one of the trunnions that hold the tailgate. Well, I had one trunnion for the right side. I just copied it. So I'm bending metal, you know, cutting, fabricating, whatever. It looks very close with just by hand, but it's not like little tiny watch parts. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. And there's guys out there that, that weld perfect beads and, you know, they've got the machinery. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm kind of like a farmer uh, type of hack. You know, I'll just throw it together, make sure it's safe and strong and, the way it looks, I'm cool with it being a little bit uh, thick, you know? Understood. How but, long have you had the garage down there? The El Rays garage? We started in... It's 2000- Del Rey, right? No, El Rays, yeah. El Rays. El Rays. El Rays. Uh, uh, we started in 2009 in our backyard here in Venice where I was flipping cars and we were filming it and we put it up on YouTube and that's what started uh, the TV thing. So when the TV thing came, we started at the shop, which is on Venice Boulevard. That was late 2012, 2013. Nice. And so we've been there that long. And so you've been your own business owner for a while. And yes, sir. Yeah, that's yeah. good, man. Oh, it's it's good. It's it's scary because you know I was I studied to be a technician. Uh, you know, I, to work on cars. I went back to school. The whole bass thing. You know, I came to LA to play the bass. And when that thing kind of, you know, I was here in Venice. I went on tour. I did I did the rock star thing, which made me happy. That's what I wanted. But the bread wasn't there. When she came along, and kids came along, with family. It was time. Well, you got to get with it. You know, the there is no uh, record deal money, Sonny. You know, <laughs> so I went back to school and studied automotive because that was the second thing I was interested in. Sure. Or, or I took, you know, first thing I took was I took some locksmithing. I thought that'd be kind of cool. You know, any kind of machining or maybe, maybe a tow truck driver, whatever. I like cars and trucks, so I went back studied. And you I, didn't want to go out and get yourself a regular job and wear a suit or something? I didn't. I can't. I, it's not me. I just don't want to do it. I mean, yeah, I if you. I had to, I, I mean, I, I did, I applied at a place, I think it was a, some kind of investment joint. And they said, yeah, we'd love to have you on the team, you know, and it meant suiting up. And I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't take it. It's a tough know? gig. It's a tough gig. I've been in, I've been in that world I too, can man. do it, man. I mean, I, I, you, for me, I do what it takes for the family. Whatever's going to feed the kids, keep them healthy. That was the plan. So now, now the kids are out of the house. Now I don't even care, man. I'm ready to roll. Now, now you're hitting the road. I'm just later, man. <laughs> you guys can take care of yourself. That's right. Yeah. So what is uh, Blue Collar Nation? Oh, the Blue Collar Nation. So the Blue Collar Nation, that's a great question. So to me, 
the blue collar nation is uh is the low buck guys and girls out there the the see on tv everything we see on tv when it comes to builds and cars and bikes and stuff usually not everything but usually we're talking high dollar we're talking 10 grand 15 grand for a paint job we're talking 20 grand for an engine we're talking the guy came and but we have a buyer that's coming next week and we've sold this car for seventy five thousand dollars you know and i'm thinking man nobody has that kind of bread that i know of you know i know they're out there but that's not my world and so we got all these guys i'm talking across the states i'm thinking 85 percent is in the blue collar nation regular cats doing regular gigs getting by month to month, putting a little bit of nugget away, but taking care of kids, getting to work every day in the morning, coming home at night, you know, family style. That's that's what I know to be true. Not this high-end game where some dude comes from Australia and lumps down the cash to take his new car that you built him. Actually, you didn't build it, but 20 other dudes built it. Yeah, with and they're, they're kind of like assemblers. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the blue-collar nation is the guys that are getting dirty. They're out there doing it themselves. Maybe economic, or but also to learn. I like to learn. I want to try. I want to try to. I'm, I'm going to try to weld this. I think I could do it. And so, what if it's not the greatest? I did it myself. I didn't pay some dude to do it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's That's, like getting your hands dirty, doing yeah. it yourself, learning. Even if you don't get the book, you know the the first Harley I put together. Uh, I think it was the first one. Yeah, the one I really got down with. I got the book. You know, and I was going through the book, and it, it taught me, and I was like, now if I hook this up to that, I should get this, and this oil line goes here, and I should get that, and, you know, it works. The book worked, you know, but it was I think it was before YouTube. That would, know. yeah, but, you know, that would require reading instructions and stuff. Absolutely. You know, and, like, following directions. Yeah, and I, I like got, that. I got a problem with that. Yeah, I know. A lot of books, people do. whatever, yeah. man. Yeah. I'll just rip it apart, and I'll figure it out later. Absolutely. And then, of course, I go back to the book, and then I have to read because I've made the giant mistake of taking this damn thing apart. Like, like Ikea, you get that ikea furniture and you slap it together with no directions man you might do it you'd be like i know how to put this thing together you know but for me man i gotta go step by step man it freaks me out if somebody else is in the room like hey hey, hey don't touch those you know screws right there but just just leave me alone for 10 minutes you know what i mean anyway yeah i like it so you came you came to be a musician yeah i came you, to la to play toured? the bass did you tour the band yeah man i i, I uh I was listening to some of your tracks on your website. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, huh. there's a couple of tracks on there. I just got paid or something. Oh, yeah, was just the one got I just... paid. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, just got paid. There's a couple good... I, it's time to update. Those are kind of old. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do them, you know... You're going to go back and maybe do an album someday and get back into the music? soon, man. We've been talking about... We are trying to get something ready before we went on the road, but it, I don't think it's going to happen. Are you going to sing on the album? Like, she's like, no, she's I'm not she, even going to talk. Dude, she's... To get her to... She won't sing for us. She sings around the house. I've heard her sing. A little bit, not much, but some. But uh, yeah, the camera, no way. She does not like the camera, you know. And uh, anyway, so I understand. Yeah. You know, there was there was a quite a few other things I'd like to talk about. Um, and I hope you're not getting too tired. I'm cool, man. I'm, All right, I've got my water here. You know, it's, it's up to you, buddy. This All is, right, this is I your just, gig. I'm I'm honored you know, to be. I was honored to, to be asked to come oh, in. Oh man, it's it's my honor. But I'm just so glad you came by, man. This is just so cool. Just sitting and talking to you. It's just. It's just a joy for me. So thanks again, man. Um, when we talk about the Blue Collar Nation, right. and, and I have a lot of friends that live in different parts of the state. You know, I'm originally from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Grew up in San Leandro in the East Bay. Cool. Uh, my brother still lives there. He's one of those cats. He's he's Blue Collar Nation dude. He's had He worked for a glass company for exactly. 25 years, exactly. and now he works for a company that is a government contractor that makes x-ray machines. Right. That's the, he goes to work every day. He's got his beers at night. He's got, you know, a Corvette and you know, a that's truck it. that he just camoed. Exactly, know? man. Exactly. I mean, that's the kind of cat he is. You that's know? America, very, man. Yeah, it really is. It, it's, it's interesting to me because it's a very different life than I had. My brother's much, much older than I am. He's uh, like a half-brother, right? Right, right. And when I was born, my mother had taken a really kind of fancier job in San Francisco. And I when we... Uh, we were better off yeah, right. then. And she sent me to college. And I was like the first kid in my family for a couple generations cool. that had been to school. You know, everybody else was military um, and Blue Collar Nation. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I went to college. And I was exposed to art and the city. And nice. Like, it was a whole different thing than my brother and sister. Right. And, and they just think differently than I do. But uh, he just sees the world in a different way, you know? And I think that there are some people, and I, I don't know if this is true, and I don't know if I want to, like, dig into this scab or anything, but it seems as though there's an isolationism with him. It, like, 
It's like I'm with like-minded people and everybody else that doesn't understand is never going to understand. Huh. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some, and I, I got some of that when I was traveling in the Blue Ridge Mountains too. It's like, we understand, I mean, it was like Baptist church after Baptist church right. after Baptist church. Right. Every, every five miles, there was a Baptist church, a big one. Uh-huh. I was like, how are they serving all these people? Um, right. But it just, you know, I mean, how many churches do you I've need in like a 25 mile radius? Right, right. You know, but it just seems like, it felt like very kind, very open, very hospitable people. Yeah. But at the same time, there was like a barrier in some in some cases huh. where there was like an isolationist thing going on. It's like, if you don't understand what, what I'm into, then we're, we're not going to be friends. So you think that was kind of his vibe or his blue card? Yeah. He was like, you know what, like you don't get it, man. Or, some uh, ways, in some ways. But I got exposed to that with other people that yeah, right. like, in my travels as well, you know. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a part of what's going on. And I don't want to like get into a political discussion no, or something cool. like yeah, that. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like part of my game is to uh, to bridge the gaps, man. Yeah, man. Between, uh, you know, there, you know. People run with, with like-minded people a lot of times, you know, and I'm trying to branch out to to understand and, and dig all types and, and also show, I think I think for the Blue Collar Nation, you know, for me personally, that I've grown up with, with trailers, you know, like they call it trailer trash or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, I've grew up, grown up with that. I've seen it, you know, family members, whatever. So... I've seen I've seen poor folks that are close to me. You know, we weren't poor. We were we were okay, but I've seen the struggle, and so for me, the struggle and like-minded struggles to try to go for the golden nugget in your own kind of way is kind of a cool thing. So I'm hoping that through what we do, that we will eventually hit the golden nugget. But like I say, I'm prospering right now. I'm fine. You know, I've got a house. I've got. Got, we're plenty great. Everything is cool. Um, but I think that uh, the Blue Collar Nation uh, didn't necessarily go to school. Here's, here's the thing. I was in high school, right? I remember the guy coming in to our, to our industrial arts class. He's like, look, you guys, blah, blah. It was, it's almost like you're, you're probably not going to college, so I want to give you an alternative. You know, we have a heating and air conditioner course that will set you up for blah, blah. You can actually make such and such per year you'll be well off get yourself a trade and stick with it and i thought huh that's that's it that's kind of a cool way to go you know i had never been exposed to that mom gets remarried i move around uh from my neighborhood my blue collar neighborhood to a kind of upscale neighborhood on the other side of town and come time to graduate the girl i was running with at the time she said well uh, where did you, where, where are you planning on going to college? I said, I don't know. I'm going to California. I guarantee you that I'm going to Cali. I'm I'll go to college out there. She goes, well, which one did you apply for? I said, what do you mean apply? She goes, well, you got to, did you take your SATs? I said, yeah. Cause I mean, I took my SATs. She goes, well, where are you going to apply? Where did you apply? I said, I didn't apply anywhere. I'm just going to roll out there and get up, go on into college. She's like, Dude, you, you got to apply for college. You can't just walk in and go to college. I said, for real? Because none of my family had ever done it. I didn't know. You know, so that's the kind of separation there was. I just didn't know. I ended up going to college, you know. Uh, anyway, so. But you can walk into an admissions office in any college and apply right then. Probably can. You can. There's an admissions office. Yeah. You don't have to send it in. It's like wherever I feel like going, man. Sure, I'm going to go. walk you know? on in She's there, She's like, man. dude, you can't just. They'll show you where to go. Yeah, you can't just go into college. <laughs> you just don't walk up in there. So, yeah, there was a lot of people that said to me things like, you can't do that. Yeah. And, but one thing, too, about the blue collar nation that I say, man, I guarantee, you, you know, growing up West Virginians, talk about smart. You know, when it comes to living off the land, fixing stuff, yeah. common sense, man, you know, something breaks. Hey, we got that, man. No problem. And and I really respected that. You know, I, I've had family members and things that, that you don't get that sometimes when you go in the classroom and study, you know, the numbers, you know, you, you know, when it I com- think that's where we bridge the gap. Yeah, right. Because I, I think that both sides don't think that the other person understands or doesn't think that the other person is smart in the way that they're smart. Absolutely. You know, I talk to hunters or people that yes, live sir. off the land Absolutely. that understand what conservation is. Right. They understand what it means to live off the land, how important it is to hunt and harvest and to take care of the land in yeah, ways right. that <laughs> that will last forever. They have that understanding. And those are the types of things when we just reach out. And I love what you said about bridging the gap because 
I think that that's what we need to do more of as a as as a as a not only as a nation, but in the world in general, from country to country, from place to place, from city to city, from neighborhood to neighborhood. If we could just understand that people have a, a specific way of think, seeing things, and we can just try to have a little compassion and understanding for what they see, then there's then we can bridge that gap. For sure. I think that the, the main thing that I feel that uh, most individuals have, they just want peace. They just want peace for their families and to be able to, to work and and make a living for their family. Just peace. That's it. They Just, just be able to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and a couple kids and, and, and be in peace. Nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants war. Nobody wants, you know, killing and stabbing and, and all this mess. You know, everybody just wants. So I think, uh, you know, some people have it bad. And so they try to escape these things. You know, I've never lived in another country. So I don't know what the issues are, no matter where it's at. Yeah. You know, and they all these countries have their pluses and minuses. You know, ours aren't ours isn't perfect, but I love this country, and you know, I'll I'll stand up for it any old time. I'm thankful to be here. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, man, it, it'd be cool if uh, we could just reach out and say, hey, man, let's get along. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. for everybody. Well, we could we could wrap up this conversation kind of where we started, which is it's all kind of about love, man. It is, man. I, like we say on the end of our TV show every night, it says it says love everybody and walk in peace you know if we all loved everybody and gave each other respect no matter what the circumstance you know if they go against you like for me personally if they go against me i'll walk around i say okay i don't need to be hanging with you but usually the soul inside if you look at us as as a daggone meat suit with a soul inside the soul is what we're talking we're talking soul to soul so why not that individual have a soul talk with the soul not the outer shell our skin are different colors. We got different color eyeballs, bald head, you know, long hair, whatever. But if we go for the soul, it could be pretty cool. Amen, man. You know, amen. I appreciate. I, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming and talking. Oh man, you me got me I, deep tonight. I didn't expect all this. I thought we were going to talk about cars and bikes and TV shows. And nah, stuff. you man, talk we, about that enough. We went. We went way into spiritual land, man. So whoever's like listening, it. there you go, man. That's that's the truth as I know it. The truth as Brother JD sees it. Right. It's my pleasure, man. Hey, man, my pleasure. I thank you, buddy. I thank you, too. Right on, buddy. I just want to say thank you once again to Brother JD for taking the time to speak with us today. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you did, too. His show, Wrench Wars, is on Mav TV. That's M-A-V dot TV. Check them out. They're on every week, and the show's running right now. You can also follow Brother JD on Instagram, Twitter, and also MavTV.com. Check it out. His stuff is great, and it's a really fun show. Now, before we take off, I just want to remind you that this show is for you. So listen, if you want to be interviewed, if you want to talk about anything with regards to Venice or whatever, just give me an email at ron at venicevoice.com. And of course, today is August 31st. It is the Friday before Labor Day. I hope you have a really good and safe one. And if you're looking for something to do tonight that's not necessarily in Venice, my good friend Casey Kalmanson from episode one, her band Little Monarch is playing tonight at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood starting at 930. They're just a great band and great people. If you're in that neighborhood, check them out. That's a good time. I am actually shooting a movie this weekend, so I'll be working the whole time doing that actor thing so uh, I'll keep you updated on some of the more some of the stuff that I'm doing and, and let you know when that movie comes out maybe you wouldn't be interested in taking a look at it who knows in the meantime have yourself a great week we'll see you next Friday with another episode of the Venice Voice until then <laughs>